0: This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. Well, if you would
1: turn in your Bibles to back to the epistle reading, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Because our study time today is going to be on the epistle reading. Again, that's Romans 5, 1 through 11. And at the start of this reading, we see that word, therefore, again. And if everyone remembers what that means, that means that all the things that have led up to that point are, in fact, true, and therefore, He's adding on to what has been said already. Now, what that means is that we have been justified by faith. It means that we've been declared not guilty. Not completely innocent, because God knows perfectly well that none of us are entirely innocent. So we've been declared legally righteous and not guilty. And it says that there are some. Benefits to being justified by the faith, and the first one of those, it says that we have peace with God. Now, David Guzik writes about this passage: This is not the peace of God spoken of in other places, such as Philippians 4:7. This is peace with God. The battle between God and ourselves is finished and he won, winning us. Some never knew they were out of peace with God, but they were like drivers ignoring the red lights of a police car in their rearview mirror. They keep speeding on, and they are in trouble even if they don't know it. Of course, I have a feeling I'm wondering why anybody or how anybody can ignore the flashing lights in your rearview mirror. But some people, I guess, are that hard-hearted And we'll ignore it anyway. And so, it will soon catch up to them. Now, as continues, this peace can only come through our Lord Jesus Christ. He and his work is our entire ground for peace. In fact, Jesus is our peace. Remember that the Bible doesn't say we have peace with the devil. Peace with the world. Peace with the flesh or peace with sin. Life is still a battle for the Christian but it is no longer a battle against God. It is fighting for him. Some Christians are tempted to believe the battle against God was almost a better place to be and that is a dangerous and if you will and he says this in the passage here, it's a damnable lie. And I am delighted to find that sin stings you and that you hate it. The more hatred of sin, the better. A sin-hating soul is a God-living soul. If sin never distresses you, then God has never favored you. And that's a quote from good old Charles Spurgeon. Now, so we have peace with God. Now, Paul continues and he adds to that that through him, we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And what this means is a legal term. It means we have legal standing. And what that means legally is, if you've ever watched it on the news or whatever and heard anything about a court case or a judicial proceeding, people who bring lawsuits against someone have to have standing to be able to bring that suit. They have to be an aggrieved party. So what this means here is that now, in Christ, we have standing. We have been justified, and we are now in the right place at the right time because of Christ. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God, and not only that, Paul adds, but we glory in tribulations. Say what? We glory in tribulations. Yeah, and what that means is we need to keep our eyes on Christ because Spurgeon writes about this, Brother, beware of the smooth places on your life's journey. If your pathway is rough, thank God for it. If God always rocked us in the cradle of prosperity if we were always bobbed on the knees of fortune, if there were never clouds in the sky, if there were no bitter drops in the wine of this life, we would become intoxicated with pleasure and we would think that we were standing strong in the faith. But in reality, we may very well be more like the man who's asleep upon the mast of the ship each moment in jeopardy of falling, So, therefore, we bless God for our afflictions too, and we thank Him for our changes. We extol His name for losses of property, for we feel that if He had not disciplined us in this way, we might have become secure in ourselves. Continued worldly prosperity is a fiery trial. Indeed, thank God for your afflictions. They may seem severe, but they are sent in His great mercy. We may not believe that at the time, but think about it. If you never have any hardship or any difficulty, how do you know that God is able to help you and through those things? If you never have a hard time, we don't know what God can do to get us through the hard time. So we read those passages in Scripture that say He'll see us through a hard time, and we'll say, yeah, well, that's nice. Because we've never had him deliver us from something. But when we can see him work, when we see his hand in every situation bringing us through, then we can know that God is indeed able to see us through any hardship or any difficulty and to take care of us in those times when we need it. And all of those tribulations produce perseverance. Yep, it means it helps teach us to hang in there and keep going. Not to give up, but you stand there and you know that he can do it. So we have that perseverance, and perseverance builds character. So if you learn to hang tough, and you learn to faithfully abide in Christ during those difficult times, it will actually improve your character. And that means to have character, not be one. There's a difference between those two. Now, then we have hope. Hope? How? Because we've had our eyes and minds crafted by the Lord through all of these circumstances, and it builds it upon us this sense of optimism that no matter what we're going through, it's going to work out, and we're going to come out ahead at the end, or we're going to come out better than we were on the other side. So we have that hope because we have that confidence of peace. And it says here, Paul writes, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given to us, who was given to us. rather. Now, for when we were still without strength, this is verse 6, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. In due time. What does that mean? It means at just the right time. In Galatians 4, Paul writes, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son. But now we are called to believe, and this is from Alistair Begg, we are called to believe that God's way is perfect and his word is true. Not just when his favor is evident, but when the wheels are falling off, and the good that we've done, which is deserving of honor and acclaim, is largely ignored. Do you believe that? Remember that even God's ultimate plan of salvation did not require hurry. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. God's ways are perfect and his timing is impeccable. You don't know, know what impeccable means, right? means absolutely perfect. And so his timing is impeccable. Set aside your hurry then and give up your anxiety. Sometimes that's easier to say than do. And learning instead to trust God to do his work at the right time. And so it requires that perseverance we were just talking about. It requires that discipline. It requires that character to be willing to sit still for a while And for those of us who are compulsively busy, we have to learn to sit still. And by the way, I'm imagining that there's this huge mirror right in front of me now because I'm preaching to myself with that. (laughs) So, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, But we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. And so what this passage here, these last verses say, is that God's love for us is steady, it's stable, and he loved us even before we were his, because he sent Christ to die for us, and he died for us roughly 2,000 years ago, right? But at the time He was God, the Father knew that we were all going to come along. And so before we were even born, Christ died for us. And so that sacrifice on the cross a couple thousand years ago is good for us too. Because He died and He did it at exactly the right time. And so we're wondering, wait a minute, does God really love us? because of the number of times he's sending deliverers and then sending his own son to reconcile us to himself. That's love. That's persistence. You know, I don't know how many people would be willing or able to persevere in a relationship if the person you were trying to have a relationship with kept avoiding you. Isn't that kind of silly? But that's us. And so... God's love for us never stops. And He never stops. We do that song, He never stops working. He never stops working because God's love for us is real. And we are challenged this day to learn to rest and to enjoy that love that He has for us because there is no way we could provide a way of life for ourselves that is any better than the life he has for each one of us. We can't do it. There's no way because we can't anticipate everything that might go wrong. But God does. And he provides that perfect life for each one of us.
0: Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at christthekingnorthshore.podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Powerful Living, care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at christthekingnorthshore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your power for living.